Okay, we have here in the Chavis Avavis five different reasons, five, we'll call it explanations of how you would have the phenomenon of having a tzaddik who yet is made to suffer. The famous question that already Moshe Rabbeinu and other Nevi'im and other Svarim Rishonim asked, how could it be tzaddik veraloi? Tzaddik veraloi. So we went through a few reasons already to go back to reason number three. Let's start again at reason number three, v'yesh. V'yesh yilaharois sivloi. Sometimes you have a tzaddik who did not have any previous avera that he has to be punished for, that he did do tshuva for, and it's not on account of just merely for Kodesh Baruch Hu to want to give this tzaddik extra schar in Elam Abba, and therefore he makes the tzaddik suffer. And by the tzaddik accepting wholeheartedly the Yisurim that he sent, the suffering that Kodesh Baruch Hu is sending him, he increases his schar in Elam Abba, but to be able to show and display his tolerance, his patience with HaKadosh Baruch Hu's exacting din on him, giving him suffering, and his accepting it in a, in a positive way, accepting it in a happy way, being makabal yisurim bi'ava, as the Svarim tell us. And all of this, and the purpose here is not merely to give this person increased reward in Elam but it's actually for other people to be able to observe this person, observe this tzaddik, and see he's clearly a tzaddik. We know he's a tzaddik. And yet he's being made to suffer. Yet he has so many difficulties in life. And with it all, he still has a happy countenance. He still accepts it. He still sings Hashem's praises. He still had do as Hashem, and here the Chavazavavis just makes a reference to Eiv. Doesn't tell us exactly what he means by learning from Eiv, but uh, just to spend a few minutes. Eiv is a very difficult one of the Chavdalit Svarim to learn to understand. It's uh, certainly a lot of mystery in there, and you need the Chazal to interpret and explain the Psukim there. Rav Schwab once gave many, many shiurim. Uh, in uh, KAJ, he gave many shiurim at Sefer Eiv, and they printed a, a Sefer of his shiurim, a marvelous Sefer. He goes through it and explains it. But just to give a little bit of an overview of who Eiv was, because even though there's a big machlekes, who exactly Eiv was, did he live in the time of Parayi Mitzrayim, did he live in Moshe Rabbeinu, Sefer Eiv, actually the Gemara Baba Master tells us that Moshe Rabbeinu was the author of Sefer Eiv. Moshe Rabbeinu wrote Sefer Eiv. And there is an opinion that Eiv lived in the times of Moshe Rabbeinu. And we have in this week's Parsha, Parsha Shalach, when Moshe Rabbeinu is sending the spies into Eretz Yisrael, he tells them, check if they're living in fortified cities, if not, and tell me what the land looks like. Tell me, are there trees there or not? And the Mepharshim asked, they said, trees? You want to know if it's a Eretz Zovas Chalavudvosh? You want to know if it's a land flowing with milk and honey? Why are you asking if there are trees over there? Sarashi on the spot says, that's not what he was asking. Is there an Odom Kosher? 
that's compared to an Eitz? Is there an Adam Kosher? Is there a righteous person who lives there in Eretz Canaan that can be Megan Aleim, that could protect them? Just like as an Eitz, just like as a tree could protect a person with its shade from the burning hot sun. Is there a person who is a nimshal of the of the eights of the tree that could protect the people? And Chazal say it was Eiv. According to one interpretation, the Gemara of Avabasra, it was Eiv. Eiv was this righteous person, and here the Chavos is using Eiv as an example of a person who was supposed to be observed by others and give the lesson that he needed to to hear. That he needed to hear. What's the story with Eiv? Just a quick synopsis of who Eiv was in whatever period of time he lived. But that's clear. Chazal tell us that he was a completely righteous person. And that's why he fits into these categories. He wasn't someone who sinned. And he lived for 70 years what we'll call an extremely happy and charming life. He had wealth. He had a family. He had children. It was very prosperous, everything was going great, and until 70 years old. And then, HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted to test Eoiv out. So much so that he's compared in Chazal to Avram Avinu. And Hashem wanted to give him challenges almost as great as Avram Avinu. And to see if he'll accept those challenges, like Avram Avinu. And he was, the, the Satan was allowed to unleash all the sufferings possible against Eiv. And he killed his children, and he lost his wealth, and he became terribly ill, an incurable disease, Eiv. So to say, he lived a, a whole life of 70 years old, Yemeit, Shiv Mishana. And at that point, he was given Yesurim. We talk about the suffering of Eiv. And Eiv was made as if he was like the same letters. He was an Oyev, as if he was an enemy of Hashem. He was given terrible Yisurin. How long did it last? The mission Idiyas tells us. The mission Idiyas tells us it lasted 12 months. That was the suffering. And through those 12 months, Eiv's friends, his Chaveirim, tried to tell him maybe it was that sin, he did that Avera, that Avera. And he rejected them all because he knew he was a completely righteous person. And it was true. In the end, Hashem punished the friends because they were wrong, they were incorrect. Eiv was a completely righteous person. And he was made to suffer just to see how he would accept it. And through it all, Eiv said, Even if Hashem wants to kill me, to him I will place my hope. I will stay focused on HaKadosh Baruch Hu. In other words, then Eiv, even though Chazal tell us he didn't make it to the level of, of, of Rabovinu. He didn't. He had questions. And he didn't even daven that his sickness should go away. And he was definitely doubtful about things. But still his emuna was strong in Hashem. His emuna was remained firm. And because of that, he got tremendous schar. Even though he didn't make it, you know, you, 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 you take the big sledgehammer. You know, when you go to the carnival and you try to hit... The, the jackpot, you try to hit the bell at number 10. If you get up to number 9, it's also pretty good. So that's what he got. He didn't make it to the top, but certainly he was a person who was now a role model for all to see. One interpretation of Chazal is Eiv, the simple understanding is Eiv never existed even. 
It's just an allegorical story. But Rav Hutner brings, as Rav Shra brings from Hashem Rav Hutner, Hashem the Pachet Yitzchak, in the name of Rav Haigoyim, that it doesn't mean he never existed. It means he only existed for the marshal. Hashem only made him go through these 12 months of suffering, only that he should be a marshal. He should be a paradigm for all to see, that no matter what suffering a person has, he's not as great as a tzaddik as Eiv, and he doesn't have the suffering of Eiv. But yet, Eiv, through those 12 months, remained firm in his amuna, and because of that, he was rewarded handsomely. How? That after the 12 months, he was led to live another 140 years, double the life that he already had lived. Another 140 to a total of 210. He got his, his health back, he got his wealth back, and he lived out his days happily. So this is the example that is a possibility of why Hashem would make a tzaddik's life so miserable, even though he's a completely righteous person, only for the fact to be able to show others and teach others the, the emuna that one has to have in HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So here we're in Shara Bitochen. These are ideas much more about emuna in terms of the intellectual understanding of how Hashem operates the world, even though really we're always in the dark, we never know for sure, but at least to make some sense out of it, to give it some basis, to give it some grounding of what it could possibly be. And this is one idea from Eiv, who again comes up in this week's Parsha of the person who's compared to an Eitz. Reason number four, we continue along So we mentioned this idea last night as well. It could be simply to be there to compensate and to atone for the Rishoim of that door. will give sickness, he'll give troubles, he'll give poverty to the tzaddik. That still this person who suffers, yet still, still in all, through it all, still serves HaKadosh Baruch Hu properly and because of that, he is an atonement on others. And this too is, is understood by different mefarshim, not only on a personal sense for the Anshe Deirei, but even on a global sense. The Kuzari writes that in a sense, Klal Yisrael is meant to suffer even for the rest of the world's existence. Because the rest of the world doesn't recognize HaKadosh Baruch Hu and his oneness, his yichud, his omnipotence, and in a sense, we who is just like the heart of a human being is the center, the main part of the human being, so to Klau Yisrael is like the heart of the world in a, in, a, in a more localized way. There's a famous speech that was given by Agon Rebbe Chon of Asim and Hashem Yimkam Damay. It's recorded in the beginning of the Kovit Shiurim of Rebbe Chon and Shiurim. And at the beginning, there were eyewitnesses to this who were able to escape when they were brought, the people who were brought from Slabotka Kovna, who were brought by the Nazis to be shot in the in the ninth fort. And Rabbi Chonon, in, 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 in a tremendously calm mood and calm voice, he gave a speech to the people and recorded the words that he said in Yiddish, what he told the people. But one of the things that he mentioned, he said, he said, Rabbi Isai, we have to be good kabonis. No one should have a, a machshav psul. He says, because our going here to be slaughtered 
is just to read you the Lushan over here. Aleinu Lodas, I'll read you the, the Hebrew translation. Aleinu Lodas, ki karbonoiseinu, yalu yoisa l'rotsan haidei hachuva. Our being a carbon will be much more, much well, more well accepted by Hashem if we do it through tshuva. Vaidei kach, nitza l'schayeyem shalacheinu v'achyoseinu ba'amerika. Rabbi Chonet said, that if he says Dafman Zinzon Zinhoben as Mevelin Zain Besser Carbonis or Mevelin Chuvaton Velmir Oifratvin Unser Americana Breeder and Schwester Rabochonan understood that their death at the hands of the Nazis was a kapora for the allowance for us to exist. And that's this idea here. That sometimes a, a certain door, a generation doesn't have the schus, doesn't have enough merits to exist. And who has to make righteous people suffer in order to allow the the generation of Rishoim. We find this by the Asara Ruge Malchus. They were killed on account of the Mechiras Yosef, something that's beyond our understanding, but we say twice a year on Yom Kippur and Tishabov. This is this idea, as Chavazavavaz brings the Posik. That our sickness he's carrying, and our pain, he bears our, our pain. In other words, the tzaddik or the tzaddikim could be the ones who are really taking the brunt, taking the heat, taking the suffering on account of others. And finally, the last reason in terms of how you can have this, We'll call it strange phenomenon. Certainly doesn't seem like it works with Schar Vahinish. Doesn't seem like Hashem is working with exact reward and punishment. Which of course is one of the reasons why Kodesh Baruch Hu sets, such a, such, sets up such a system. If everything would work perfectly, would we know that everyone who suffers is because he's a righteous person. And anyone who has a good life is because he's a Russia. Well, that would take away a lot of the Bechira. <laughs> how long would a person go on with his wicked ways and everything's going well, never has a bad day in his life, he would realize, everything's going to be taken away, he's going to come up to the next world, his bank account will be empty. And yet every person who's a good person and, and suffers, every person would ask for that. The Gemara Bam tells us, Rabbi Lodzer, Rabbi Shimon, used to ask for Yisurim. He says, Yisurim, come my friends, come on to me. Because he knew how great Yisurim was. But if, we would, if it would be so clear to us and we would have no other way to understand it, we too may do so. But it's not clear. And finally, the last reason, number five, that he doesn't stand up zealously. This is also a very difficult reason to know when this could apply to each and every one of us. Here the reason is that he have a person who's a tzaddik. And he himself didn't do anything wrong that deserves any punishment. But he was in a position to be able to reprove others. He was in a position to stand up for the glory of Hashem, to be He could have reprimanded others in his generation. This example he gives from Eli and his sons. Not Eli and even the whole generation, but just Eli and his sons. Eli had two sons, Chafni and Pinchos. That Eli was punished in such a terrible way. He was cursed for generations and generations that everyone in Eli's household, all males in Eli's household, will die young. 
Like it says, All those who will remain in your house, they'll come to bow down, just to get a little money, and a loaf of bread, so will be the state of the the descendants of Eli. And why an encounter? Because Chofni and Pinchas, who were Kehanim in the Mishkan, were doing inappropriate deeds and behaviors in the in the Mishkan. They were using the power of their being Kehanim to get extra money, to get Karbonis. And Eli knew about it, and Eli should have reprimanded them. And because Eli didn't, Eli is held guilty. We find many places in Shas like this, Rabloza ben Azariah, Parosa Yoytzeh b'Shabbos, that the Gemara tells us over there that whoever could be whoever could protest against the deeds being done by his family that are inappropriate against Hashem, he has to, and if not, and if you can reprimand the community, and you don't, you get guilty for that. If you command the whole city, you can reprimand it, you're guilty for that. That's this idea. You can have another phenomenon of a person who really himself is completely righteous, hasn't done a sin himself, is not being used to get more schar, is not being used to show others that he still holds his amuna strong, only for the reason that he was in a position to protest against others and he didn't. We have to know this. It's very, very uh, difficult to know when a person is in that position. Some say, the Chazanish is reported as saying that nowadays we're all putter from Teichacha because we don't know how to really give it and people don't know how to really take it. So we're exempt, we're an onus because we won't give it the right way and it won't be taken the right way. So perhaps that's why we're a little bit exempt from this. But certainly in a case where a person has the ability to give reproof against others and he is in that position, he doesn't, this could be another reason why it will be a tzaddik veraloi. So that sums up the five different reasons where the Chavah Zavava says that even though this may be a question which the Nevi'im asked, because the Nevi'im understood with the questions they were asking didn't apply to those people or that, that person or those people. But yet here for us, who we really don't know much. There's only a very limited amount that we could see and know about others. How could we understand that the question we have, like the Ramban tells us, we mentioned that people became heretics, they became kufrim, because they didn't have an answer to this question. So Chavazovavis is trying to at least ease the question by giving us some framework to understand it. It could be one of five or many more other possibilities of why it would be a tzaddik virale. Agutenacht.